Welcome back, my friends, to the podcast that never ends. We're so glad you could attend. Come inside, come inside. This is our solo Star Wars story episode. Um, strap in, because we're going to fucking hit all the switches, baby. Take it away. <laughs> On the tens. Oh, yeah. It's fucking awful. <laughs> Take it away, Lando. Lando. Lando or Lando? Is there an Orlando here? All right. Young man Han Solo finds adventure. That even that fucking word isn't even in this whole thing. What? Young man? What word? You're, you're just adding words. <laughs> you're adding words. <laughs> Literally just... Young man. I'm just going to start adding words into the fucking... To the breakdown. Young, young James T. Kirk, I mean Han Solo, finds adventure when he joins a gang of galactic smugglers, including a 196-year-old Wookiee named Chewbacca. Indebted to the gangster Dryden Voss, the crew devises a daring plan to travel to the mining planet Kessel to steal a batch of valuable coaxium. In need of a la- uh, fuck, rookie. In need of a fast ship, Solo meets Lando Calrissian, the suave owner of the perfect vessel for the dangerous mission, the Millennium Falcon. You're after something. Is it revenge? Money? Or is it something else? You look good. A little rough around the edges, but good. Heard about a job. Big shot gangster putting together crew. I'm a driver, and I'm a flyer. I waited a long time for a shot like this. What do you think? Well, what do you know? You got a line on a ship? Yeah, I know a guy. He's the best smuggler around. I heard a story about you. I was wondering if it's true. Everything you've heard about me is true. L3! Let's go with a mean man's face. Who are these guys? If you come with us, you're in this life for good. You might want to buckle up, baby. Some advice. We assume everyone will betray you, and you will never be disappointed. I got a really good feeling about this. Since when do you know how to fly? 190 years old? You look great. Push it! There always has to be a new variation on a lightsaber, doesn't there? Have to be. Actually, that's um, it's not really a new variation. <clears throat> For the movies, you know what I mean. Like they always got to have a different kind. I mean, you know, I'm, I'm not complaining. I mean, you, you are. Eh, you know why it sounds like I'm complaining? Because because I am. It is, dude. I found this movie to be forgettable and halfway boring. Why? 
it just I I didn't get into the characters. I didn't um, the the entire film the the villain of course by uh, Paul Bettany who's an excellent actor was completely wasted. Um, everything felt like oh remember this oh remember this that that's his whole movie to me was remember this. Oh, it was mentioned in one of the Star Wars movies, so here we go. This is why this and this. It just, the whole movie. Wait, 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 wait. You asked him. Instead of, instead of going down to, oh, remember this, I remember this. <laughs> why, don't you give, why don't you give talking points so that we can discuss this instead of just glossing over shit? Okay, because, <coughs> dude, when I say that this movie is very forgettable to me, I'm not fucking kidding. There's the scenes that we just saw in the trailer that I fucking forgot we saw until I saw it again in the trailer. Okay, there's a lot of shit. I forgot about the fucking little rebel people that you thought were, you know, um, bounty hunters or whatever, like, you know, other smugglers. And then turns out they were just young people. You know, they were still smugglers. But you know what I mean? I I totally forgot about them until I saw, you know, them in the trailer. So you forgot about the entire movie for a movie review that we you know that we have to do weekly. Yes. How? Because this movie is very I told you it was boring when I was watching it. and It was forgettable. There were scenes that that worked for a little bit, like the whole the whole hijacking scene of the of the transport. It worked for a little bit, but I don't. I did not care about anybody. It was like, dude, this this is like the same problem that Rogue One had, except with Rogue One, I enjoyed other facets of Rogue One. This one, I just did not get into it. I didn't. I got. I was fucking bored. And the more I'm talking about it, the more bored I'm getting about this movie. And I, I know you you were bored with this movie. Yes. Look, and I know you are going to take some kind of personal offense to this. Because, <laughs> I'm not taking personal because offense because you're such it. a huge Star Wars fan and definitely a Han Solo enthusiast. It has nothing to do. It. Uh, I'm I'm taking offense to the fact that you can't remember a fucking movie that we saw a mm, week ago, yeah. and you didn't, and you and you're not even prepared for the review. That's I, what that's that's what I'm offended by. I'm prepared for the review in that regard. Is that I'm trying to back up my own my own statement about saying that this is a forgettable movie. It's not a forgettable movie. You're you're wrong about that, and I'll, I'll go through why. And that's you're fine. Wrong. And look, and I I'm, I'm pretty sure you're gonna make <coughs> plenty of good points about the connection to this and the connection to that, and that's great. And for a lot of people, if you enjoy this movie, it has nothing to do with connections. Go ahead. Enjoy it. The connections are a minimal part of the movie. I'm not talking about the background shit. And I, I, I agree with you about the Dryden Voss character. Uh, the problem with the Dryden Voss character is that that character was not supposed to be played by Paul Bettany. It was, it was Kenneth supposed to be Michael Williams, yeah. Somebody else who was supposed to do a CG character. Yeah. But, and, uh, <laughs> but <clears throat> this entire film for me, it felt like it just goes through these safe, predictable motions. And it's just, oh, here's another thing that's connecting to some reference from the, you know, the original trilogy or whatever. It's supposed to. It just way it was way too conveniently everything's covered. Oh, let's get the castle run out of the way. Let's get it's the- supposed to. That was the whole point of the movie was to do the castle run, so we saw what the castle run was all about. It's a planned trilogy, right? Well, before it started, you know, in their words, flopping. Um, the, you know, it's a planned trilogy, so it seems like they're trying to blow their load in the whole first movie, all of it, and by every single mention. You know, I think everything no. was mentioned in this movie except for carbonite. No. Okay. It just look. I told you this is the way <laughs> I feel about this movie. I, I it felt it felt very safe, and that hey, let's just throw in another reference to another thing. It's supposed to reference because that's how Han Solo does what he does in the original trilogy. That's what the references are for. I understand. I I don't I I, I you don't think I do. I yeah. I, I get it. 
I don't know. I, I, I don't <laughs> think I don't think you understand that the reason why Solo is the way he is is because of what's going on and what was supposed to be a trilogy of you know for for these movies. And you have to start somewhere, okay? Yeah. And this is the this is the starting point. So, the thermal detonator thing, okay? Which, uh, what really annoys me about that scene is the fact that they should have used uh, Lady Proxima more yeah. in, in the movie. That, but whatever, it's you know, it, it just turns into a that that turns into a throwaway character. I would have liked to have seen Lady Proxima be the character that ultimately turns like into the, the Dryden Voss character. Like the pre-Java. Yeah, and Dryden Voss is her right-hand man. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> the the whole the whole lightsaber thing is a throwback to the comic books uh with the, the little handheld knives that he has yeah. that, that are light blades. Th- those are throwbacks to comic books. They they introduced a whole lot of shit in this movie. That was part of Star Wars Legends. Yeah, it was in it was in the books and stuff, right? In no, some of the books. Some of the books. I'm not talking. No, I'm not talking about those books. I'm talking about like Old Republic stuff. I'm talking about everything. Not everything. A lot of stuff that was written about um, during the the 90s. Mm-hmm. That you know, from 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 the books all the way through the comics. Uh, including Shadows of the Empire stuff, yeah. where they talked about um, there's a there's a couple of the the Zan sisters, I think that's what they're called, um, who are mentioned as assassins in Shadows of the Empire, which now becomes canon. Exar Kun, who is a comic book character and one of the most popular characters around, that was created specifically for comics. He's a dark side. He's a he's a he's a Darth. Um, He's a dark side user, yeah, and one of the basically like one of the first Sith. Let's just call it that. And his character was introduced in the movie without anybody knowing it. So what they're doing, they're everybody bitches about the fan service that Lucasfilm isn't doing. Oh well, they they did all this and put put all the books into Legends. They 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 put all the um, they're, they're they're fucking everything up and blah 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 blah. It takes time to go through all of that stuff. It takes time to fix everything that was wrong with those books. I dare anybody to go through any of those books and not say, oh, well, you know, it's just basically the Star Wars trilogy all over again. Most of Kevin Anderson's books about the Jedi Academy, most of, Je- most of Kevin Anderson's books about the Jedi Academy, most of the books that were all Star Wars legends have something to do with Han, Luke, Chewie, Leia, and the droids defeating a, a, a giant Dooms- fucking super... Doomsday machine. Yeah. You know, the Sun Crusher, uh, the Death Star super laser, <laughs> the... The the the, um, the Infinity Gauntlet. Yeah, the Infinity <laughs> Gauntlet. You know, things like that. And in this movie, they did things that nobody expected. There's there's a scene in the movie where they're doing the the Kessel Run. Okay, uh-huh. they're coming out of Kessel, and they get pulled into the Maw. The Maw is is three black holes. We saw one of them. Okay, in the movie, and the one that we saw in the movie is being let's just say protected. Okay, protected by this giant beast. Okay. Mm-hmm. And you think that's a, just a throwaway character. You think Everybody thinks, oh, they're just doing this to make it more intense and whatever else. That's a direct reference to the Clone Wars. 
that's a direct reference to a character in the Clone Wars that has that that one in fact is one of the most important um, episodes of the Clone Wars, and everybody just passes it over. Nobody realizes how important some of the shit that they put in this movie is. You know, is it boring? No, it's not boring. It's safe, and they did it on purpose. They did it on purpose because part of it was the backlash for for Jedi. Um, for Jedi. You know, part of it was the backlash for Rogue One. Part of it was the backlash for Star Wars: The Force Awakens. Well, they did The Force Awakens because that's what everybody wanted. When you look at all the Legends books, yeah, they sell tons of stuff. Everybody bitches about the fact that the Legends books don't. You know, aren't part of canon, and then they go and fucking make the Star Wars: The Force Awakens, which is a direct reflection of sixty percent or more of the Star Wars Legends books. Mm-hmm. And it, Lucasfilm is a bunch of assholes, <laughs> so they do something different with fucking the Last Jedi to take a risk, and that fucking backfires. <laughs> so, Lord and Miller come in and do come in and do um, um, Solo. And there's more reports coming out about that whole thing. And basically what it comes down to is Kathleen Kennedy got sick and tired of Lord and Miller doing retakes and retakes and retakes and retakes and retakes of certain of scenes. Mm. Like they did like 25 takes of a scene at a time. That's a lot. Yeah. Because they wanted impro- improvisation. And Kathleen and, and I guess apparently Lord Miller went back one too many, went, went to the well this is this is a quote from one of the websites I read. Lord Miller went to the well one too many times, and Kathleen Kennedy had had enough because it cost money. Yeah, and it was going over budget. And she said, "Get this shit straight, or get the fuck out." And mm. she made the decision, and she went with Ron Howard. Ron Howard is a safe director. Yeah, he will come in under budget or on budget, and he will deliver a movie that needed to be delivered. They had a date. They and should they have pushed it back? Maybe. But for the fact of the matter is, is that they hired Ron Howard to finish the film by October. Yeah, they were supposed to finish in July of 2017. Yeah, um, August, September, October. Okay, it took them an extra four and a half months from when they got rid of Lord and Miller. Yeah, to get Ron Howard in, fix it, rehire, reshoot. They reshot seventy percent of it. That's why I heard. One thing I read said eighty. Yeah, up to eighty. Yeah. Of, you know, 70 to 80% of it. It's actually closer to 70. That's um, a lot, though. That's over two, <laughs> two-thirds of the movie. Which added to the budget. So now it's a $250 million movie instead of $125 million. Yeah. Okay? So, is it a failure? No. Not, not in the slightest. This movie was designed for research and development. Okay? Mm-hmm. They did three movies, and then they take Solo because they know people you people want to either watch it or they already know about it, and yeah. they're going to wait for the DVD or whatever. So if people are going to want to watch it because they like Han Solo, and if they it, 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 it's it's an easy movie to make, yeah, okay. And then from there, when you have when when you have Lando. And a couple of other characters involved, Lando and Chewie and, and, and the Millennium Falcon and, and a couple of other characters involved. <clears throat> the, the, the movie becomes a process where it's going to go one way or the other. Mm-hmm. It's either going to just be brilliant 
or it's just going to be what we got, which is at best an average movie. Okay, there's nothing great about this movie, but it's fun, and that's the difference between this and a whole lot of other movies that are going to be released this year. Is that this is a watchable and a rewatchable movie, mm. regardless of what Joe says. <laughs> this this movie has a lot to it, and what you don't see in the movie, what you've missed in the movie, requires multiple times to go back. We, the The Crystal Skull is, and they say, oh, it's it's not. It has nothing to do with Indiana Jones and the Crystal Skull. Bullshit. Has everything to do with Indiana Jones and the Crystal Skull. It was. It's. It's. It's part of the whole Harrison Ford legacy. But it also has to do with this character called Zim the Despot. Okay, that's where Lucas got the idea for the Crystal Skulls. That's how that. That. That's how that came across. Yeah. Lucas has always had these ideas for the crystal skulls, but when he when they introduced Zim the Despot with these crystal skulls, then you know it just it's it's part of the whole Lucas thing. When you wrote a book for or you did any of the story stuff for any of the books, any of the Star Wars books that includes the comics, you had to give a draft. You had to send it off to Lucas himself in some cases. But he saw everything that came across the desk when it came to all the stories from, from, from the video games all the way down to the books. And if he didn't like it, he said so, and he axed it. He literally would just say no. Um, there's a book called Vector Prime by Bob Salvatore. They hired Bob Salvatore to write a story in which they were going to kill off a main character. And Lucas said, I want you to write a book, and you are going to kill off Chewbacca. Mm-hmm. And that's that. Don't worry about the backlash. And fucking, he got he got serious death threats. Yeah. And that's fucking bullshit. Just Didn't writing. He die like in a, a, fire, a big fire, like a, a planet, like going out or something. Or a f- he he got crushed by a planet. Yeah. He literally got crushed by a planet. Up two planets. He got Thanos. <laughs> what? Remember when Thanos threw a fucking uh, threw a whole moon at? It? He threw pieces of a moon. No, this is a whole entire fucking planet. <laughs> that that crushed him and crushed him against another planet. Yeah. Um, but yeah, essentially the same thing. Um, and, and, and Salvatore said, I don't think I can do that. That's, that's too much. He said, just write it and, and don't worry about it. Yeah. You know, and Salvatore wrote it, you know, disparagingly, he wrote it. He didn't want to, but he did that. Now I, I read the book. I'm not a big fan of what they what this char- these characters this race called the Yuzon Vong. I hated that fucking I hated that idea, you know, where they had this this alien race come from outside the universe that you know is not affected by the force is not and they're more powerful than yeah they, that reminds just, me um, if you ever watched Star Trek Voyager. There was a, a race that shows up, and they're from another dimension or something. Yeah, same difference. And they they were just their their name was just a number, and um, it was a bunch of numbers, and they were able to completely obliterate the Borg with like no problems whatsoever. Right. And you know the Borg, they assimilate really quickly. Like, they adapt to like shields and all that shit, right? And no, no, they they would they could blow up Borg ships with like one shot. Yeah. You know, giant cubes and all this shit, and it was like the Borg were powerful enough. You didn't need to, you know. You didn't need to uh, fast and furious it, right? Right. <laughs> so, yeah, and that's and that's basically what the Yuuzhan Vong did. They were, uh, you know, uh, immune to the Jedi and this and that, and, and fucking <laughs> like immune to lightsabers and yada yada yada. Yeah, and and, and and they're dumb. They're they were a dumb idea. Yeah, you know, 
and I, I fucking couldn't stand it, and that turned me off of the Lucasfilm books. I can see that at that point in time because it felt like grabbing. Yeah, yeah, it was just they, and 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 the way that they went about is you know it's like they basically just destroy the entire universe, and that's that. Yeah, you know, and, and I'm one of those guys that when when you pick up a book. Or 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 whatever it doesn't matter movie book video game yada 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 I'm a purist at heart but I I'm I'm not afraid of change change for good yeah Yuzong Vong were not a change for good they were fucking lame yeah they were just a gimmick yeah and and it it the way that the way that the species like if they introduce the species as part of the Star Wars universe and don't make them like super powerful and immune to everything and blah 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 I'm fine with that. You know, because everybody has to have a flaw and a weakness. There has to be like when when you have a fucking like let's take Superman for example. Yeah, Superman is the is the most powerful character. One of the most powerful. He's yeah. not the most. He's one of the most powerful characters in the DC universe. But what's his weakness? Shade. What's his weakness? <laughs> Kryptonite. What else is his weakness? Um. Sympathy. Uh, Sympathy is not a weakness. Oh, it's a fucking weakness because it's been exploited like a motherfucker. What is his weaknesses? Sympathy on Superman is not a weakness. Um, Okay, so actual physical uh, weakness. Uh, Kryptonite. uh, Technically Lois Lane. Um, Magic. I, I is that like Mr. Mixoplex or whatever? Did was it Mitzel Splits Spitzlick? There you go. You know how to say it better than I can. I had to relearn how to say it. I used to say Missile Plex, too, and it's Missile Spitzlick. Yeah. Now, uh, was Bizarro <laughs> Superman, was he um, also effective against him? Yeah, but he, that's not a weakness. Okay. Superman's weaknesses are Krypton. It's a, any color of Krypton. Yeah. It just d- affects him differently. Different degrees, yeah. But he he has no defenses <clears throat> against magic. So m- he can be killed. He can literally be killed by magic, and it's been done. And he and and that's one of the things that when he comes across people that you know like you know if whoever uh, Zatanna or Rachel Ghoul yeah. or, or you know people like that Doctor Fate things like that he has no primary defense other than to punch the shit out of them yeah. right whereas people like um, you know the Flash or Batman or whoever you know magic is one of those things where. It, it affects everybody differently, but like the Flash can basically outrun anybody. He can get to you before you're done saying bippity boppity boo. He can get to you before you're done saying uh. Yeah. So that's and, and then and then Batman has his defenses. Green Lantern has his defenses, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's what in in the use on Vong they did have their weaknesses, but it was such a it was such a fucking dumb thing. That is there like a button on the back of their neck or something? Yeah, it was, <laughs> you know, it, it, like sound or some shit like that. Oh, something weak. Yeah, it was. It was fucking dumb. Yeah, they can. They they they're immune to the force, but you know, you, you give them uh, filtered water or something, and they're fucked. Yeah, yeah, it's you know, <laughs> yeah. plant life. Yeah, you know, some some sort of exotic plant like a lily, <laughs> you know, kills every, the whole entire fucking civilization. It's the happening in a galaxy far, far away. Yeah, and <laughs> and and when it comes down to stuff like that, I. Yeah. I I mean, I shut off. I was just like the and and then like you go and you read all the forums. You're like, oh my god, have you read you know the the latest fucking Star Wars book? Nope, nope, not at all. <laughs> nope. After after they fucking threw a planet at Chewie, I was done. 
because I was okay with that. I'm I'm fine with that, you know, yeah. because that because he was sacrificing himself for everybody else to get away. Yeah, that, that was the whole point of that. After reading that book, though, you know, with the invasion of the Yuuzhan Vong, the character, the Yuuzhan Vong characters, all, the entire fucking species is retarded. <laughs> yeah, and I don't say that word often because it's I you know. But they're just—they were fucking dumb. They—they they were useless, you know. They—they they brought nothing new, and and they—they they connected it to the whole Palpatine one. Use the outbound flight to you know go into the outer outer regions of space, and you know there's a big threat coming and blah 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 yeah. blah. And they're doing the same thing now that they did 20 years ago when you know you know what was Palpatine really looking for? Yeah, you know. Well, what if he was looking for nothing? What if he was looking for, you know, the old Sith temples and stuff like that? What yeah. if, what if they were trying that to connect? That would be a really cool fucking movie to make or a series or something. It's like someone going through old Sith temples or stuff. Yeah, that'd be be a cool idea to delve into. Yeah, it's it, it should be done, but right now, what if they were trying to connect the old Republic to Star Wars? That's what maybe that's what they're trying to mm-hmm. do. Well, in Solo, they did. They did offhandedly, yeah. Because of the desk that Dryden Voss had is made of this obsidian, and it's actually notated in the art of Han Solo or the art of Solo mm-hmm. where this desk comes from. It's named. It's it. There's details on it. It's, it's from the the Sith temple. It's, it's from Exar Kun's Sith temple because Dryden Voss is a collector of of artifacts. Yeah. So. You have the crystal like, skull like, there. Like Mandalorian armor. Yeah, he had the Mandalorian armor, um, a bunch of other stuff. Really, I mean, you know, stuff from Indiana Jones and yada, 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 which is really funny. <coughs> Might as well. I mean, you've had ETs in, uh, was it Attack of the Clones? Um, right? It was either Attack of the Clones or Phantom Menace, right? You had ETs yeah, in, the, in the Senate. Yeah, they're, they're in one of them. And then uh, you had uh, R2 and C-3PO on the Ark of the Covenant. In Raiders of Lost Ark. You have R2 and C-3PO in every single Lucasfilm movie. Oh, there you go. See? (laughs) Whether they are there physically or there as a picture. Yeah. Um, The the characters, this is how I would have started the movie instead of... um, instead of him escaping from, you know, the Imperials or whatever, I would have had Solo start off with the uh, swoop bike race. I mean, if you're going to do all these callbacks... um, wouldn't it be cool, yeah, to see like a like do almost like a, a young Anakin or Luke thing, but instead have someone who doesn't have force powers, right? Who isn't force sensitive? Well, that's but that the whole thing is is that that's how Han, that's how Han makes of an enemy of Dengar, mm-hmm. and and even then, what you do is it's it's it turns it turns it's an accident that happened because. This is how you do it. You start off with the movie. It's just you, all you see is is gigantic grandstands. It's, you're still on Corellia. You see these gigantic grandstands, and then you see just two two sh- dots in the in the horizon, and they're moving really fast. And they blow by the camera, and then a bunch of others blow by the camera. And the first two that are racing are Han Solo and somebody else. It doesn't really matter who the character is. Yeah, and. And and the character, the the unnamed character, bumps Solo, Sebulba, who, who goes goes out of control, and and has to get his his uh, bike back on on track. Yeah, and as that's going on, um, 
you see uh, you see another another racer who is Dengar come up from behind, and as Solo is is coming back, um, as as he gets on not gets onto the track, but as he gets away from where you know the side of the rails or whatever else it is that that um, he's been having problems with, and gets back into the race. He vents his jets, which is what happens in the book. He vented his jets, and Dengar was there and got severely burned and crashes his bike. Well, Solo's not watching, and he vents his jets to to get to get some turbo boost, to get some boost or whatever it is. As Dengar slides up in between the two racers, right, and he gets blasted. It's it it's an accident that happens, right? But the way that it, the way that it comes across is that Solo sees this at the last minute, and and as he yells for him to get the hell out of the way, as he presses a button, Dengar doesn't care, yeah. right? He's like, I'm I'm winning this, I'm, I'm here to win this, right? And and then the the vents are the, the jets are vented, Dengar catches on fire, his entire bike goes, and it's all his fault, which would which gives him kind of a uh, an arc. Like, he blames everybody else for his problems type of thing. That's the type of guy he is. Yeah. That's the type of guy that he that they wrote him in, as, you know, sort of. You know, he, he seems like a codependent weirdo. but and, and that's what bothered me about that character anyways. But now you have, you've given him an arc that he's out for revenge for the solo guy. And everything he does is to to continue that path to get back to solo because... All he does is hear about, excuse me, about how Han is doing this and Han is doing that, and you know he's he's getting a reputation in the smuggling underworld, and all of a sudden, you know he he makes a mistake. Yeah, and, and another thing, dude, it's like the it was like they like they wanted to cram these 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 well known things from from Han Solo that you know Han Solo's life that was mentioned in Star Wars, which, you know, it's like, oh, well, you know, let's throw together him hooking up with Chewie and also doing the Kessel Run pretty much almost in the same... That's how it happened. Okay. It just, it didn't feel right, dude. I, I, I... But again, the movie, the movie goes from him entering the Imperial Academy to three years later. Yeah. So it's not cramming anything in. The, The original story is that he saved Chewbacca from the Imperials. You know, he saves Kashyyyk and whatever else from from the from you know being slaves. And in this one, <laughs> essentially, he does the same thing. He saves Chewbacca, and then again, he hooks up with Dryden Voss, and more time passes. So it goes from you know however long to another couple of years. Yeah. So now we're talking five years, right? And in that five years, three to five years. He's he's deserted the Imper- the, the the Imperials, which he did. Yeah. In, in in any of the stories that you read, he was either kicked out or he deserted, and um, or dishonorable discharge, whatever. Regardless of anything else, he leaves he leaves the Imperials, the Army Navy thing. Um, Chewbacca is his friend, and he wins the Millennium Falcon and does the Castle Run all at the same time. So none of that was crammed in. It was it's all part of the story. And and breaking that up into three different movies, you, you have to, if you tell the story of Han Solo, the very first thing you have to do is tell the story of the Castle Run. 
It, look, <laughs> overall, <laughs> this felt like it was more important to the filmmakers to throw in a million connections to the original trilogy instead of focusing more on these characters and, and writing them better. You have to throw in the connections to the original trilogy because if you don't throw in your connections to the original trilogy, then who is Han Solo as a character? Okay. You know, you do understand there's a difference between having connections and then overdoing connections or not doing them enough. Then be specific. What can what 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 are the over what do they overdo with the connections? It's just everything felt like that. Everything. It just every everything. Every every mention, every every you know, thing in the background. It just I don't it, what but what specifically? What every mention, what it sounds like like every scene, all they did was talk about what's going to happen in the future. You know, the only time that you want details like this is when it's something that you're into. And no, your your blanket statement means that I told you I didn't have a lot to say about this movie. I, dude. I understand, but I if you, you don't have an, if you don't have a lot to say about this movie, and and this again, if you're going to do shit, that's kind of cool. I didn't know that Linda Hunt did the voice of Lady Proxima. Yeah. <laughs> There are going to be other people that are going to feel the same way about this movie. I understand, but you're saying every, every this and every that, every is like every, every time that they they fucking showed a scene, there was a throwback or a call forward or whatever to the original trilogy. Yeah, it was like I was watching a a, a high budget reenactment of things. It, it, it and which doesn't I mean, but I, I'm asking for some specifics and. We've already talked about a lot of them during the episode, okay? Where the the thermal detonator and and uh oh god, what else? Just I think everything was in this except for someone saying scruffy looking nerf herder. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Look, you saw all these details just like like when watching Ready Player 1, right? Which I enjoyed better, way better than this movie. But you there were certain things that you noticed that I didn't notice because there's way there's a whole lot of shit, right? This movie, you're also noticing a lot of stuff that's connected to the novels and, and other things. And that's cool. That's really fun. Like I said, if you're fucking digging that, good for you. I just did not dig this movie. I didn't. I like certain parts of it. I, you know, the whole part with Linda Hunt's character was really fucking cool. But it was quick. It was blink and you miss it almost, right? And some of the, the, some of the, some of the smug, you know, the robbery of the transport was cool. Uh, I, I don't... Dude, the Kessel Run? Like, when you were talking about how much you enjoyed the Kessel Run, I don't remember shit about it. I, I didn't fucking... I, I didn't even get into it. I don't even know what the fuck was going on. Why I didn't even care to pay attention to it when it was happening. I wasn't looking at my phone or anything. So, I just did not get into this movie. You know? And I, I look... I, you know, and Alden Ehrenreich, or however the fuck you want to pronounce his name, I don't... Like, he just felt like... He also felt like... Almost like safe. Like, you know, sure, he's there, and he looks similar, and... You know, you put the right outfit on him, right hairdo, you know, but does he really, really, I mean, did he emulate Harrison Ford's version as well as, say, uh, Donald Glover did for Lando Calrissian? No. When when you watch, like, say, like, one of the positives with this movie is Donald Glover. Him doing, when I, when I was watching it, I, I think that I paid the most attention to the movie when Donald Glover was talking. So, <coughs> when I was paying attention, like, I was paying the attention the most to Don Glover as as Lando, and I, I was I was I was noticing those little little eccentricities that that Billy D. Williams had as the character, and and Glover was picking up on a lot of that, and it was really good. I, I was really paying attention to him doing it. You know, it was almost like art in a way. Him, how well he was, you know, 
doing him. Um, but I, I didn't. I never got into Amelia Clark's character. She just felt like a throwaway love interest, you know. Uh, and uh, guy, even the guy at the beginning, who I thought Jimmy Kimmel was doing the voice for, but instead it was uh, John Favreau. Yeah, Rio Durant. Yeah, and uh, he, you know, his character, he could have been someone that could have been that could have grown, grown on me. You know what I mean? Like uh, he could have improved. Like if he had actually not been, you know, spoiler alert, killed off right in pretty much. Uh, 10 minutes after you meet him, right? Right. <laughs> he could have been someone that you like. At first, you just, he's maybe like, I don't know. Maybe he's just a little too fast talking, a little too annoying. But then he would have grown on you. And so. That, yeah, that's a character that I wanted yeah. uh, to. Felt, um, felt like a missed opportunity, right? Yeah, absolutely. You know, and then look, Thandie Newton. I mean, she was barely in the movie enough to even give a shit, right? It was like she was almost there as like, oh, hey, I've got two weeks off in between filming for Westworld. <laughs> or something. So, you know, hey, I'll go do this quick, uh, you know, two or three scenes and then be gone. Uh, but I, she wasn't around long enough for me to care that she was a, a, you know, a presence in Woody Harrelson's character. And Woody, look, Woody, Woody's always a good actor, but it seemed like even with for him, it, there wasn't a whole lot for him <laughs> until you got near the end. Near the end, when you know, when all of a sudden he starts betraying and stuff like that. This whole movie spoilers, but. That was when he started to get a little interesting. When you saw that he wasn't, that he was like it could show the um, the side of a smuggler that that Harrison Ford or sorry Han Solo is capable of becoming, you know. Mm-hmm. And so that that was kind of cool. It just it wasn't enough. It was like kind of too little, too late kind of thing. And you know, and look, I'm not. I don't want to knock this movie. I want this movie to be awesome. I want this movie to be fucking great. But I just. It, like I said before, it felt safe, and there were no risks really taken in this film at all. You know, hell, I mean, I get you know, I wouldn't even been surprised if fucking Boba Fett had just shown up and he looked at the fucking camera. I that, so yeah, so like That's I said, fine. I'm glad you enjoyed it, man. I really am. I, you noticed all those little details. I'm pretty sure you looked up some of them though. Nope. But, no. Okay. Well, that's even more impressive. So, you know, you noticing all that shit, that's cool. Cause I mean, like when there's certain things I watch that I, I know history is on and then I'm watching, I'm like, Oh, I noticed that. I noticed that. I noticed that. That's, that's fucking cool. But this, for me this time, it's just a regular star Wars guy. It, it, yeah. It, nothing special. Yeah. It was supposed to play it safe. Yeah. That it was designed that way. When, when all is said and done, this movie was designed to play it safe. This movie is a research and development movie. This movie isn't if they if they do a movie and it it goes fucking gangbusters, big time, kick ass. Yeah. Then you know that's just icing on the cake, right? Yeah. This movie was designed after the Lord Miller thing, after the Last Jedi thing. This movie was designed specifically to bring everything back to center. Mm-hmm. You know, and they wanted to see where it was going to land from there. This movie isn't a failure by any means yeah. necessary. And Lucas, the Lucasfilm camp can can afford to have a movie like this underperform yeah. and still come away and do sequels to the movie, yeah, by yeah, the way. Yeah, and look, I want them to do sequels to this because I, I want to see improvement over, over what we've seen so far. And right. I want to see more risk. Yeah, we, we need to see this character arc for Solo, you know, finish off. And, you know, if they don't do sequels, then that's on them. But the, the, they, need to do, they, they need to do another solo thing. And what they're doing is they're testing the waters to find out where they land, you know, in terms of how the, movie, how the movies need to go. 
That's why they brought J.J. Abrams back to, you know, direct the last Star Wars film. Yeah. Was the last episodic of the, you know. To fix, fix all the Ryan Johnson disagreements. Yeah, to fix all the Ryan Johnson social justice warrior bullshit. Yeah. And uh, look, my only problem with The Last Jedi ever was was the Leia thing. That's it. Um, I I. I didn't agree with the way that they handled when she got pulled out into space or whatever. You didn't like that, huh? No, I thought it was... <clears throat> it was weird the way they handled it. Huh. They could have handled it better. Okay. So, like, her just kind of floating right back on into the ship and into the airlock and whatever else. That's my only That's my only bitch about that movie. She went into a coma afterwards. <laughs> so it wasn't like she was just like, oh, I'm okay. You know, dust myself off. Yeah, you but the, the, the whole she basically supermaned it. Yeah, and I, that's it. If it, it would have worked better if when she got pulled out into space, she immediately started to do something. Yeah, you know, and and showed what like basically um, she's stressing out, and by using and, and she's basically using dark side powers, right? And she and she's able to pull herself back in, right? And then she collapses. That would have been fine, but when they they I think they just took it a little too far, you know. I I, I think I know what you mean. Also, the show her from not showing her with any force powers to just to to this right is is a little bit of a leap. No, you think it's a, no because they talked about it in in Empire. So yeah, I, well, I I know that you know there's other people in the family. I I know I. So she she does, and and then we jump ahead thirty years, and and she's obviously had some training, but she's she didn't she didn't want to become what Luke was, yeah. anyways. But yeah, I, I thought I think that <laughs> ultimately the it, the the scene would have worked better if as she's being pulled out of the ship as it gets as it gets struck yeah that's when she uses her power kind of like grievous when he got sucked out of the airlock and he like like he used a catapult though or not a catapult but like a grappling hook yeah you know but she, that she uses force powers yeah and, yeah and she and then she's able to pull herself back in which stresses her out 100 percent you know and then that's when she goes into that coma and that's fine they, yeah. and they and they're able to to go in and rescue her you know, she's able to pull herself back into the ship close enough where they can open the airlock, mm-hmm. rescue her, and pull right. her back out. I'm going to ask you to speculate. <coughs> My spec. I want you to speculate. The answer is no. They are not going to recast her. How do you think they're going to handle her in in part nine? One way or another, they're how not. Do? They're going to one way or another. She has to be mentioned. Yeah. So how that's are they it. going to handle her? How are they going to handle her? Maybe. How do you think? I I don't know. They didn't do a. They didn't do a. a um. A funeral for Solo, hmm. so I, I who knows? I, I don't. I, I I hope they do nothing. Just off camera death. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. You know to you know and then like if they if they're gonna move the story forward, if they move the story forward like they did with Empire, then then they have room to to do a back like a backstory, yeah. you know, on the TV series or whatever they're yeah. planning on doing. They have room to do some backstory, write a novel about it, whatever. And if they move it forward like they did with with um, Jedi, yeah. which was, you know, a month or maybe just a year or so between Empire and Jedi, uh, what it comes down to is the um, um, the, the character, the, the, the character just 
whatever happened to her in between, it, it it's, you know, now these guys are on their own. Yeah. And they're going to have to figure it out. Well, I mean, pretty much you can use the Frodo thing where, you know, after he got stabbed on Hilltop, even <laughs> though he destroyed the ring, he still was never the same. And he got slowly a little bit worse and worse um, because of the damage from the stabbing. So um, the same thing would be with her when she got sucked into space. Just because she was able to come back and she went into a coma and, and woke up from it, what if the damage had still been done? That could be an off mention. Or is that just too much for you? You're just like, I, I don't fucking care, Joe. I can see it in your face. I'm trying to figure out the, the, the Frodo thing, but... Okay. No, I got it. Yeah. I, I understand it. Long-term just, damage, right? Just, uh, but <laughs> she dies off screen, so yeah, I'm done just, and done. Still, there's gonna have, there will be a mention. If she Did they does, mention Solo? Well, they showed him die. Did they mention Solo in Jedi? Uh, yeah, where's Han? That was pretty much it. And? Well, I don't know. There's a shitload of deleted scenes, apparently. And? And? Uh, he figures out that Han dies. Yeah. And nothing else is more is said about well, it. Well, that doesn't mean that it wasn't said. It just wasn't shown. Nothing more is said about it. Yeah. So the same. That's the way it should be. Okay. We don't, you know, you, you make a mention, like, they have the, whatever the remnants of the resistance is at this point when the movie starts is basically, you, Leia's not around to, to run you guys. You're going to have to figure it out on your own. That's it. That doesn't seem cheap to you. No. You have to move these characters forward. You can't move them forward by saying... You, you don't know. need to dwell on the... You, in, you, to dwell on characters in the past means that you can't let it go. It's going to be on everybody's mind. So what? What makes it even better is the fact that you don't play into that. Sometimes I think you like going against the grain just I'm to not go going against to, the grain. I'm not going against the grain to go against... You want me to go against the grain to go against the grain? Then every I, everything that you said about Solo is fucking shit. That's going against the grain just to go against the grain. The truth of the matter is, is that you don't have to acknowledge anything. She's and an important be, character. So what? I could say so what about everything as well. That doesn't make it okay. I, it, you don't have to acknowledge that she died. You you can acknowledge it, but you don't need to dwell on it. You I, don't need to I move. Never, you don't need to have I the character. I never said that you need to dwell on it. I, you can it make, feels like you are. No, you, you can make a quick, you know, uh, there could be a part of a conversation they have and it's mentioned how she, she died or something. It doesn't have to be a, a, a whole act of the film or a 10-minute scene. You know what I mean? I just said that. I just said that they just, maybe they'll mention it. I don't know if you're missing, like, entire parts of my conversation with you, but, like, I just said, maybe they'll mention it just like Luke mentioned in fucking The Last Jedi. Okay, so where did you think I meant longer than, than a few mentions instead of this big lingering thing? No, you keep going on about, you know... How, you know, she, they, they need to acknowledge this and this and this. And I said, yeah, okay, well, then they can do it like this. And then you keep going on about, well, that's not good enough, basically. I hate, I hate talking about Star Wars with you because it always ends up getting into, like, fucking... You know. So I, I gave you my answer about how they could do it because you gave me this, you gave me this what if, and then, like, an entire chunk of that conversation... Wasn't even recorded. You said not. You said not nothing. You said like not even. It shouldn't even be mentioned. It, it, I said. I said three different things. I said they could do it this way. Maybe they don't even have to mention it. What would be even better is if they just move on and say, "Hey, she's dead. You guys have to fucking deal with it yourself now. You don't have a leader." And and then and then this whole thing. Okay. <laughs> we missed an entire part of this that. 
<laughs> for the solo um, for for the solo movie. So um, there's there's a point in the movie where uh, during the castle run they go through Ma, the Maw, and in the Maw there's this giant fucking creature, <laughs> and it looks kind of like a like a hentai character, alien tentacle monster. Yeah, and it gets sucked in, and its skin gets ripped off, and yeah. So, um, Abeleth is also known as the bringer of chaos and beloved queen of the stars, uh, uh, being very powerful in both uh, the dark and light side of the force. She drank from the well of power and bathed in the pool of knowledge. She first lived as the servant, a mortal woman who served the powerful ones on an unknown jungle planet over 100,000 years before the Battle of Yavin. The ones, um, that's important to remember. Over the course of her life, she became the mother. She kept the peace between the father's warring son and daughter. That's the whole Mortalis storyline from the Clone Wars, okay? When she drank from the font of power and bathed in the pool of knowledge, her actions corrupted her, transforming the mother into the twisted immortal entity known as Abeloth. When the father discovered her crime... He departed the planet with his children and left Abeloth stranded. The son and daughter enlisted the help of the Killick Hives from Alderaan. These are the bug monsters. Yeah. Uh, using them as workers to create massive technological artifacts such as Centerpoint Station and Sinkhole Station to imprison Abeloth. According to the Killick Thurut Hive, Abeloth managed to escape her prison whenever the current of the Force was altered and the flow of time changed. Each time she escaped, son and daughter would return and lock her back in the prison. The cycle repeated itself for thousands of years until the death of the Ones in 21 before the Battle of Yavin. The Ones being, you know, brother, sister, and father, the, the, um, the uh, Mortalis stuff. Um, where is it? Where is it? Where is it? Uh, here we go. The mother kept peace between the warring siblings and doted on the father, ensuring the family's happiness for many years. Let's see here. Um, so when they stranded her alone, uh, fulfilling her deepest fear, her family had abandoned her. This drove her to madness, fueling her desire to be loved and adored. Knowing that Abeloth would be a danger to the others, they, they created Centerpoint Station Sinkhole Station. Where is it? Ah, here it is. So... Uh, Abeloth also existed beyond shadows, a realm that seemed to be a copy of Abeloth and the one's homeworld in which Force-sensitive could access by separating their minds from their bodies. Sinkhole Station would become it, it would come to be inhabited by mind walkers who are Force-sensitive beings whom she influenced with her powers. Desperate for contact with anyone, Abeloth would reach out to any Force-sensitive who entered the Maw as the prison seemed to trap her powers within. So... That creature that we saw in Solo yeah. is her. Mm-hmm. And then she gets sucked back. She was coming out of it. Yeah. And because things are changing. And then she gets pulled back into the Maw. And now she's imprisoned again. That's what I take out of it after reading all so of this stuff. So she's not dead. She's not destroyed. She's actually just... Yeah, they would find Sinkhole Station, Ascend to Shadows. Um, here we go. Yeah, so um, several Jedi Knights spent time at the shelter during the Maw. So when you have when when you when you introduce a creature like that and then you look at the picture Maw installation <laughs> then you have the Maw installation which is just outside of the Maw. Um the Maw was originally created by a Thurat as a prison for the dark side entity Abeloth. There are f- few safe routes in there. Um one of the black holes 
I don't care about that. Um, <laughs> during, here we go, following the Declaration of a New Order, God, one of the leading architects was Will Huff. I Look, I just want to read this stuff. This is why I can't stand this. So the Ma installation is a series of black holes. So you have, I'm sorry, the Ma installation is an imperial outpost that's within a series of black, that's near a series of black holes. So that's where they uh, did um, design work on uh, the Death Star. That's where they did design work on uh, a bunch of the other um, imperial super weapons, as it were. Let's see here. Um, yeah, it's it's basically just an imperial think uh, think tank. Let's see. Uh, uh, in addition to the Death Star, other powerful super weapons were designed by the project scientists, including the World Devastators, the Sun Crusher, Ion Ring, Metal Crystal Phase Shifter, and the Orbital Night Cloak. Um, yeah, the, and the Death Star prototypes. So, and then you saw the World Devastators in. Um, Star Wars Rebels, where they used them to basically just, you know, suck up all the... Uh, they're, they're basically used them as uh, um, ore, ore crawlers yeah. across the plains. Um, those are actually world devastators. Uh, they're smaller versions of them, but those were introduced in Dark Empire, which is actually pretty cool that they did that. So, like I said, they're, they're slowly pulling all of this stuff from Star Wars Legends into canon, it's just taking time, yeah. you know, and they're, the specific things that they're doing are ones that they can throw into canon without fucking up the timeline, you know, and they get rid of, they get rid of all the useless stuff and they keep all the good stuff, yeah. right? And that's what's really nice about this is they, they continually see uh, Kevin Anderson, the author of the Jedi Academy Trilogy, Trilogy worked as a technical editor and writer at the large government research lab. Uh, Lawrence Livermore National Laboratory. Um, I, I again, I mean, there's a lot of these books that if you see, uh, just to give you an idea of what we're talking about with the Jedi Academy. So uh, the Jedi Academy is uh, three books. It's Jedi Search, Dark Apprentice, Champions of the Force, and tells the story of Luke Skywalker's attempt to resurrect uh, the Jedi Order on Yavin 4. Why, I don't know, but whatever. Um, the main plot is that Exar Kun, um, his spirit is attempting to lure Luke's trainee Jedi. He kills one of them and turns Kip Duran, who goes on a rampage with the Sun Crusher. Uh, let's see. Mm -hmm. The Jedi trainees eventually destroy Kun, and Kip is brought back to the light by his friend Han Solo. You know, the later novel, I, Jedi, is a retcon of much of the action, inserting Corrin Horn into the storyline, smoothing out parts that do not conform to later continuity. And that's the problem with the books. Yeah, they keep contradicting themselves. Yeah, they continually have to retcon all this shit, and it just doesn't make any sense. So <clears throat> they, get rid of the, they get rid of the books because it's easier to get rid of the books and then fix all the shit that's going wrong with the books and then put all the stuff that they like from the books into... Um, into the movies. So here's the book synopsis for each of the each, the Jedi Academy. Luke Skywalker takes the first step towards setting up an academy to train a new order of Jedi Knights. Solo and Chewbacca are taken prisoner on the planet Kessel and forced to work in the fathomless depths of a spice mine. After Solo and Chewbacca escape, 
They flee desperately to a secret imperial research lab surrounded by a cluster of black holes and go from one danger to a far greater one. <coughs> so basically they went from Kessel to the Maw and then they get captured. Um, and then in Dark Apprentice, while the New Republic struggles to decide what to do with the deadly Sun Crusher, a new doomsday weapon stolen from the Empire by Han, the renegade Imperial Admiral Dala uses her fleet of Star Destroyers to conduct guerrilla warfare on p peaceful planets. So now you have a Sun Crusher, which is a super weapon, and then you have Champions of the Force. You know, Kip Duran continues his rampage to destroy the Galactic Empire with the Sun Crusher to avenge his brother, ugh, who he inadvertently kills when he destroys Karita. Um, Luke, who is in a state of suspended animation after the fight between himself and Exar Kun, made every attempt he can to save his body. Uh, after reaching out to the Jedi twins, he warns them about the danger, and all, in the end, all the impresences unite in Exar. It's it's awful, mm -hmm. you know that that's that's bad. And while he's he's he, I mean, he's a good writer too. But when you have the Jedi Academy set up to where it's just basically the same shit over and over again. Yeah. And then you do something like this movie where you have Solo, which is, yeah, there's some throwbacks and there's some call forwards and stuff like that. But when you have a movie, it's it's a solid movie. And that's that's the thing. When you have Avengers 4, I'm sorry, you <laughs> Infinity War. Yeah. Not 4. Avengers 4 is next year. And then you have Deadpool. And then a week later, you have Solo. Yeah. Well, Deadpool, I mean, let's face it, the 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 marketing team for Deadpool yeah. killed it. They always kill it. They <laughs> fucking killed it. They're two for two, baby. The, two for two. The the marketing team for Solo, not so much. Nah. Nah. I mean they wait look how long they waited for the first trailer to come out. Yeah. You know? It that I think that was a that was a big problem. I think also they should have they, they released it too soon. I think they should have released it later. You know, like like just keep doing you know, a year between films instead of you know this one six months later. Um, yeah, and and I think I think you're absolutely right about that. It would have given them a little bit more time to make it better. I think because it's adding into Star Wars fatigue, especially how everyone, a lot of people reacted to the Last Jedi, right? And no, see, I, I find that bullshit. You you you. Everybody has Star Wars fatigue, but they don't have fucking Marvel Avengers, Marvel Comics fatigue. Not yet. I'm almost there, though. <laughs> so Let, Let's see how it goes with Thanos, and then we'll go from there. So I, I call fucking bullshit on the fatigue thing. Eh, well, I, I, I think that sometimes, it, I think the movie would seem more special if they didn't have them so close together. Correct. I, and I agree. They, maybe they should have pushed it out to December. Maybe fatigue might be a little too much of an exaggeration, but it's, it's something. Um. You know what? I look. I'm gonna buy the movie when it comes out on Blu-ray because you know I, I don't want to spend another fifty bucks taking my kids to the theaters to see it. But um, I'll buy it on Blu-ray and I'll watch it again. I have a feeling I'm gonna like it better the second time. But the first time, I'm just I don't know. It just looked like a like a I don't know like a, a, a wax museum come to life. <laughs> yeah. And and there's there's things that could have been done better. Like it's and I agree with you about the bad guy. You mm -hmm. know, Dryden Voss wasn't great. Yeah, he was throwaway. I agree with you. I'll you know. kill you. Oh wait. Uh, oh wait. You got something you can do for me? Okay, I won't kill you. Yeah. Okay. But if you don't give me what I want, I'm gonna kill you. Right. I'm gonna kill you anyways. Yeah. Should have just made him funny. If you would have made him funny, maybe that would have been something. But he, you know, it, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And we don't know enough about this Dryden Dryden Voss character. Hey, oh anyways. my God! I just realized something. Michael K. Williams got whitewashed. <laughs> Because they replaced him with a white guy. Well, sort of. I'm just being a smart ass. You know, um, I like that. <laughs>
And this is, and I, I don't care what comic book. Uh, I'm getting tired of comic book movie and comic and CBR.com. Mm-hmm. Oh, God, those fucking, they just, they will just take anything and write something about it. Mm. And, and, and then I've, they'll make a fucking list out of it. I've seen, I've seen some articles where it's one sentence. Yeah. And they, and yeah. And it's pretty much half of what's in that sentence was part of the title of that article. Mm hmm. Like, what the fuck are you doing? Or my favorite is when they continually repeat themselves with basically the first paragraph over and over and over again. Yeah. And I love the, there's always got to be a bunch of filler, too, at the beginning where they just, what do you call it, exposition, where it's just, just keep on, you know, they bring up the past stuff, which we already all know about, because that's why we're reading the articles. We already know about all the past shit. Right. Because we're fans. So it just feels like they're padding it padding the, the, the article to make it look like it, it's actually got some substance to it when it doesn't. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I, I kind of wish they wouldn't see this is some of the artwork for Dryden, mm-hmm. what Dryden Voss sh- could have been. Yeah. I think it would have been cool if they made him a uh, um, um, what do you call it? A Gungan. Uh, okay. That would have been interesting. But, <laughs> but you know, like I, I, th- I think that they should have done what you, what you said when you mentioned about him being a little bit younger, you know, maybe a teenager, and, uh, and doing you know those races, right? What were they called? What were they? Uh, the bikes, the swoop bike races. Yeah, you know, that I think that would have been a cool way to start off, just to show you know. I, but there's always something else you can do. There's always something you could change. I, yeah. Would well, he, the uh, in the original script, that's how it was. They they started off with him being basically like Oliver Twist. He was twelve years old, yeah. And then it moved forward, and it showed him in the Imperial Academy. Mm-hmm. And in the Imperial Academy, he was he was um, how he got kicked out and and things like that. So all all of that stuff was in the in the original script, mm-hmm. and they were supposed to make it more of a western than anything else. Um, Kira was supposed to be a different type of species. Mm-hmm. Yada yada yada. So they were trying to take some risks, and then ultimately, the um, they didn't want to take those risks. And does it hurt the movie? I I don't know if it hurts the movie. I think that in in the end, um, what we could have gotten may kind of lowers enthusiasm for any future projects. Not really. I think that in the end, this the the whole idea for the solo the the solo movie. And the same thing happened with Rogue One, by the way. Um, I think that they're just trying to play it safe with these. Uh, and by playing it too safe, it's going to, it's going to polarize people. You know, because you want the people that are basically take a, take a risk, you know, like yeah. me. You want those people that are basically like that. Yeah, and, I mean, do you think that they're really taking a risk now that they're going to do a Boba Fett movie? No, and well, yeah. it depends on what they're going to do with the Boba Fett movie. Yeah, but I mean, just in 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 foresight, them doing Boba Fett that that feels everyone was expecting it. Everyone was you know pretty much talking about yeah, uh, hopefully they do a Boba Fett movie, and then boom, they do a Boba Fett movie. I, I hate to tell you this, but the Boba Fett movie was planned when George Lucas still owned Lucasfilm. My phone just got voice activated somehow. That was fucking weird. Yeah, well, that's Google for you. Uh, the Boba Fett, the Han Solo movie, and uh, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, and 12 were all in the works when George, when Lucas sold it to Disney. He was he was already planning. There were three spinoff films. And I, I don't know what the third spinoff film. There's rumors that it Obi-Wan. was... No. It was going to be something else. 
and I don't know what it was. But there are rumors that it was going to be a solo film, a Boba Fett film, and you may be right. It may be Kenobi. But I, I, I distinctly remember reading something different. They want to get more ballsy. If they want to get like Guardians of the Galaxy ballsy, then they should do they should do Knights of the Old Republic. Well, see, they're going off of as much as they hate to say this, as much as they don't want to admit it, they're going off of George Lucas's original plans for redoing for for the series without making it look like they are. <laughs> yeah. So you know when when like I said, um, when when he was going right before he sold it to Lucasfilm, he was with Kathleen Kennedy and yeah. said, "This is what we're going to do." Well, I think that's also why it makes it easier for them to make these movies as quickly as they are making them. Yeah. So it's already been planned out. Yeah. So and that and that was that was the plan from the get go. When you sold when you sold the fucking when you when you sold the estate to uh, Disney, yeah, and said you know I already have these plans, and Disney went well these I mean they've been in, in let's see when did uh, two thousand six is when Sith came out right Fit five summer of 05. so two thousand and seven is when all these plans were in in works with George Lucas and then he sold. Then he sold the, the the whole shit, the the whole kit and caboodle thing to uh, Disney in 2012 or whatever the fuck it was. Yeah, because I remember <laughs> 2009 is when they bought Mar- Marvel, right? Yeah, so 2007, they're working on the Clone Wars TV series, <clears throat> and then they start working on a live-action series. Hmm, what do they have coming out here next year? A live-action series. How many of those live-action series do they have coming out? Yeah, and Filoni also worked on Rebels, right? He, he, was, he was on Clone Wars and, and, and then uh, Rebels, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, I mean, and you saw all the little connections with uh, Clone Wars that, were, that was in there. Yeah. So. Yeah, you, you, have, you have the Clone Wars, and then when they ended Clone Wars, because Lucas specifically said he only wanted to do 100 episodes of Clone Wars anyways. Yeah. And they went, what, five years? 22 episodes? Yeah. And then they were. Then they decided that they wanted to do a sixth season, but then they didn't do a sixth season. <clears throat> and then they did Rebels. Yeah, and they they closed off storylines with Rebels from from Clone Wars. Sort of, not all of them. But well, I know sort of. you found out like what happens with Rex and things like that. Yeah, but uh, I felt that was kind of forced. But <laughs> and then yeah, no pun intended. <laughs> and then now they're doing Star Wars Resistance, so they're moving through the different eras, which is which is fine, but. <clears throat> That was already planned. Yeah. Which, it, you know, so they have two live-action TV series coming out. That was already planned. Yeah. And and then they have 7, 8, and 9 plus, at least, you know, you know the three, the three uh, standalone films, which had already been planned yeah. 10 years in advance, by the way. So these have been 10 years in, in the planning stages. So they're not fucking around. You know, they're not just... Weedle deedle, you know. Let's just pull something out of the air and make a fucking movie out of it. Yeah, these are plans and stories that were already set in stone that they were going to do. And when and when it's all said and done, after I think it's after Kenobi, after Episode Nine, they kind of have a plan. Yeah, they have an idea of where they want to go with this. And Ryan Johnson is doing a whole new Star Wars trilogy, which. Let him, let him do, let him do the fucking movies. Yeah, he Who can, cares? He can make a movie. He's he's not a bad director, you know. I think that you know, and I, look, I don't know how much of it was his call when it came to Last Jedi. I don't know, you know. For, Shit. So, 
What would you What would you give this movie? It's an average movie. It's it's a five, five and a half. Yeah, I was I'm, I was floating between four and a <coughs> half and five. But I th- it, I think ultimately it's a better movie than Rogue One, and I know that I gave Rogue One a higher score. Oh yeah, I liked Rogue One. I I did like Rogue One better. But I had a, my my major problem with Rogue One is right from the opening scene, where they you see the sh- the Imperial shuttle flying across, you know, screen from left to right, and then it lands. And then they kill the girl, the, the wife, mom, the wife, yeah, and whatever. <clears throat> I think it would have been much better if they had started off in a different direction, mm. you know. And then the the <clears throat> Cassian Anders um, character, who basically is fucking um, um, Kyle Katarn, yeah, you know. That the entire scene with him on that planet was a fucking throwaway scene, just like the scene at Canto Bite. You know that was it was a wasted a wasted scene with Diego Luna, yeah. And they didn't need it. They could have they could have done something else much better. And basically, I mean, they should have fucking opened the movie with um, with her in a holding. Like I said, I've I've said this a hundred times during the fucking Rogue One podcast, which was they they should have had a scene with her in a jail cell with Crix Madine. And the and the whole thing is them getting her and Crix Madine out, and and she just happens to be there. They're they're going. It's it's Kyle Katarn, and basically the the it, it's um the Dirty Dozen. Yeah, going in and doing and getting Crix Madine out of this whole jail cell. Yeah. And then the second part of the movie, or the back half of the movie, is them doing the Death Star thing. Yeah. You know, going to Scarif, yeah. you know, and that's that. That's how that would be worked out. But the whole Rogue One thing should have been done based off of the video game um, Jedi Knight or uh, Dark Forces. Mm-hmm. They should have done that and and based it around Kyle Katarn. You could have used Cassian Anders. It doesn't really matter. Inter- you know, interchangeable. And and in one of the in in one of the um, game plot plays is where you have to rescue Crix Maydeen out of a prison complex, right? And you could have thrown all of that together and that movie would have been fucking even better. But again, they did, it is what it is. Yeah. I'll, I'll watch the shit out of the movie, but yeah, I only watched the movie for the last part of it. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. I, I, yeah. The, uh. and there, Not the Vader part. The, the space The space stuff. When mm-hmm. they're on Scarif and and the the attack happens. Yeah. The whole battle of Scarif, that's fucking phenomenal. Yeah. That's great, and that's what I liked about like the whole the whole Maw thing. And if like I, if you have the soundtrack, if you're listening to the soundtrack and you're listening to and you're watching the uh, the escape from the Maw, yeah. When the Star Destroyer shows up and it's sitting there, and the fucking Tie Fighters come out, and all of a sudden the music starts in. It's not just it's it's not just you know it hammers you yeah. and it's it it's a mixture of um, the, uh, the 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 theme it's it's a mixture of the Death Star Run Part One and Death Star Tr- Run Part Two you know from Jedi so Death Star One from New Hope Death Star Run from Jedi which they also used in um, uh, the Last Jedi yeah and they mixed in the whole asteroid belt run. With that entire sequence, and the way that they did it is so fucking killer. This John Powell guy is really good, and the soundtrack is amazing. 
the way and the way that they did it, the way that he wove this whole thing through um, as they're doing the Battle of the Mall. Or not Battle of the Mall. The the the, the Kessel, Kessel Run, Run yeah. is awesome. And then, of course, when you have L3's brain get plugged into the Falcon, and then they try to punch it into light speed, yeah. and the fucking thing shuts down. Yeah. Classic. Hmm. You needed that. Yeah. You, you needed that moment of levity in the movie to let everybody know that. It's not my fault. Exactly. It's not my fault. <laughs> and and that's, that's what makes this movie really, really good, yeah. you know? And that's why I'm open to the fact that I, I I think I'll like the movie better the second time. I don't know I don't know what the fuck was going on, but I just did not get into the movie. I watched the whole thing. I was there. I sat there watching. I didn't fall asleep. I just I never got into it. Yep. So I I will give it that leeway that I, I have a feeling I'll like it better the second time. So um, yeah, I'll float around a four and a half to a five. You know, because it's not a shitty movie. This isn't a shitty. You'll never hear me say this is a piece of shit movie because it's not. Right. So all right. Um, you know what? Okay. So the next movie that we're going to see is going to be... Uh, we're not going to see Upgrade, right? You don't want to see Upgrade? Okay. Do I... I don't really... The trailer looks pretty... The Red Band trailer just dropped, and it looks fucking cool. But um, there's some really cool, you know, like, sci-fi, and it's low budget. But it's it's fucking not bad. Not bad. I was interested in the style of it, which is pretty cool. Yeah. I don't know. That's yeah. coming out this week. Um, no Thursday showings. And then also uh, Action Point, which we planned on seeing yeah. with Johnny Knoxville. I want to see Action Point. I need a I need a comedy. And some levity. <laughs> you know, I'm not interested in seeing a movie that has a Tom Hardy wannabe in it. Okay. Logan yeah. Marshall Green. Yeah, he was... I mean, uh, come on, look at that. Yeah, he was in Prometheus, and uh, I didn't care for his character in Prometheus. Um, he died a horrible death. But uh, yeah, I don't know. He's just one of those actors I don't really care about. But in this trailer, in the, in the, red, um, the red Band trailer... It looks interesting. It looks fun, kind of. It looks almost like a, uh, like a hardcore Henry fun, you know, over the top uh, gore and action, you know. Yeah. Um, but not 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 from first per- person perspective though. Yeah, he also played Shocker in um, Spider Man Homecoming. Oh, oh, that's right. He got killed at the beginning. Yeah. Yeah. I, oh yeah, I didn't know it said at the highest setting. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm, again, I'm not. Yeah. I'm not into it. But, like I said, you check out the trailer when you get a chance. If you do, and you'll see what I'm talking about. The side, the, the the visual effects are, are cool and interesting. When he becomes, when he starts fighting people and shit. It's, it's if you've cool. seen the first trailer, then you've seen the red. Band. I don't remember watching the first one, so I, I but I did see the red band trailer, and and it's it's fucking gory and it's cool. Yeah, they they they've been playing upgrade with things like, um, oh gosh, I thought they played it with Deadpool. It doesn't matter. Yeah. It really doesn't matter. All right. Um, so yeah, we'll see Action Point, and uh, yeah, I mean, <laughs> pretty much our you know predictions are it's going to be a jackass type movie. They'll probably do a little like love interest bullshit here and there with you know, a, but I mean it, this is going to be like an upgraded version of Meatballs. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Okay. Yeah. You know, summer camp. Yeah, yeah. There's going to be like a love interest, but it's not really. Yeah, it's not going to take itself too seriously. Um, and I, look, I. I don't have high expectations for this kind of movie. I just expect for some stupid shit to happen for me to laugh. Yeah, that's you all know? I want. And I want to groan a couple of times. I want something to gross me out and groan a little bit. Yeah, you know, just hopefully they they, they tone back on the on the fecal matter <laughs> more than anything else. Vomit too. Vomit's getting a little fucking rough for me um, lately because I've been I've been um, watching the original Jackass and there's some shit that I 
Yeah, I don't really care to see. Um, but I forgot about. Um, anyway, so yeah, I think uh, I think all in all, it's gonna be it's gonna it's gonna hit what you know what it's aiming for. It's gonna hit the target for for it being a jackass spinoff. Okay. So, all right, all right. Uh, that's it for this one. I think. Uh, I You're think not gonna do news. We'll, fuck, we'll do news on the uh, flick of the week. Don't we do news on this one? Well, this one got kind of fucking long, so it's thought we could just add it to the flick of the week. But you want to do it on this one? We can do it on this one. All right. All right. We already talked about Roseanne on Compelled, so we don't need to talk about Roseanne's stupidity. Um, All right. So Ambien doesn't make you racist. just makes you limp. Yeah. (laughs) All right. So um, Ambien makes you get onto Twitter. It doesn't make you put racist It doesn't make you do anything. Let me finish. It makes you get onto Twitter. It just doesn't make you type racist things. doesn't make you do anything. (laughs) All right. Um, All right. So I saw the... uh, the City of Lies trailer that was with uh, it's based on um, the the murders of Tupac Shakur and Biggie Smalls. Starring it stars uh, Johnny Depp as a, as the detective who was investigating the Biggie Smalls murder. And they, they already, but they just did this on TV. This is really weird. I like am. they did um, the 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 John Paul, not Getty, Rockefeller. They uh-huh. did the Rockefeller movie. You know, Ridley Scott does a Rockefeller movie, uh-huh. of course. That kind of tanks because Kevin Spacey. Yeah. And then fucking FX does this entire miniseries based on Rockefeller, mm-hmm. right? With his son being, with his grandson being abducted. Mm-hmm. Same exact fucking thing as the movie. Yeah. Same fucking thing. Is it, is it getting that bad now where people are just regurgitating the same shit now in the same span of time? And literally the Tupac Biggie thing yeah. was one of the biggest TV events on Next to they did the Johnny Cochran, they did the OJ Simpson thing, yeah, and then the um, and I can't yeah, remember the people who did versus OJ Simpson, yeah. So, and I think it's the same people that did that decide that they're going to move into let's do the the Tupac Biggie story, yeah. So they do the Tupac Biggie story, yeah, and it's fucking a phenomenal oh, hit. I mean, yeah, and also the story of itself, like all of the all the coincidences and stuff like that. There's fucking fascinating information. So you've shit. literally watched this on TV, not that one, but I've seen other like documentaries about this shit. Okay, I'm talking about this one. Okay, and this one is apart from the documentaries and whatever else. This one mm-hmm. is fucking phenomenal, from mm-hmm. what I understand. I, I'm I'm not I don't care. I'm not a fan of Tupac Biggie yeah. and crime drama TV shows. Just yeah. don't do it for me. But I, I keep I keep tabs of all this stuff. Yeah, and it's it there's, it's supposed to be really really fucking good. Yeah, and now they're making a movie. Yeah, I know. And I, I came out of nowhere. Yeah, it's called uh, City of Lies. It's based on a book called uh, Labyrinth, and it emphasizes on um, L.A. Like uh, I don't know, L.A. for the police officers, some shit in the title. I don't, anyway, um, which I think is what this is based off of too. Yeah. So yeah, and, and so it has Johnny Depp's character, who was an investigator, who kept getting shut down from all angles when he was investigating it. People, you know, including people in the department saying, "Walk away from this and shit." And then uh, Forrest Whitaker plays a journalist who's also you know talking to Depp's character and stuff like that. And I'm interested because got, you've got big actors in it, and um, the the problem is, is there's not going to be a conclusion. It's just going to be like if you watch the Zodiac movie from, what was it, 2007 with Jake Gyllenhaal? Uh-huh. There's still no conclusion. You don't know. You know, you have, you have ideas, but you still don't fucking know for a fact who fucking did it. So when you, when you walk away from this, you, it's just going to be speculation because until you have proof, it's still speculation. Dear Rolling Stone magazine, the amount of ads 
and the amount of time that it takes to load your fucking page is off-putting. Bullshit. It's not a base in that B. <laughs> Bullshit. Yeah, sorry about that. Sorry. It's fucking garbage. Um, it's called Unsolved, by the way. Yeah. Uh, and well, that one's on USA. There's another one. Um, the uh, I I can't stand websites that yeah. fucking take forever to goddamn load. Yeah, and it's directed by uh, the guy who directed uh, Lincoln Lawyer uh, with uh, McConaughey, uh, Brad Furman. So, so yeah, I guess I guess it is USA Network, but there was supposed to be there, there's another one called. Um, uh, to, uh, Biggie and Tupac, or Tupac and Biggie? Yeah, there's, there's got, over the years, it seems like every, every five to ten years or so in that gap, that range is when they bring out another thing about Biggie and Tupac, or either or. You know what I mean? Yeah, and I mean because, like I said, it, it's fascinating because if you, I mean, you know, kids, my, you know, my kids are, are weren't alive when Tupac was around and when Biggie Smalls was around, so. They, they hear the music, and it's popular still on the radio and stuff, but they don't know anything about what was going on for the most part. And so when when I, you know, when I talk to them about, you know, this and that and stuff, it, it's, it's, it is fascinating stuff. When you, when you think about, like, when, when the, the way Tupac got killed and then the connections with the bodyguards that, that Suge Knight used that were part of the police department and shit like that. Yeah. And they were actually bloods, former bloods that never really became former. You know what I mean? Right. And, and then how this guy's car that was seen outside of of the shooting of where, where Christopher Wallace, who was Biggie Smalls, got killed at this party in L.A., um, you, the guy, this cop, this undercover cop who was a blood working for Suge Knight, or no, I'm not. He was. I'm sorry. He wasn't an undercover cop, but he was a cop. He was like a, an investigator, or whatever. And he had the same exact car. And then they go into his house, and he's got fucking Tupac posters all over in his garage with the same exact car that was saw seen at the scene of the crime when it, when it happened, when the shooting happened. Okay. Just there's a shitload of coincidences. And there's so many coincidences that you're like, God damn, there's something. There's something that just what is it though? You know, you, like you, you, so there's no like facts. There's just a lot of speculation. That, that fits together like a puzzle. So anyway, um, it, it is interesting. I, the only reason, though, I mean, otherwise I wouldn't be interested in seeing this movie, but the fact that you got Forrest Whitaker and, and Johnny Depp in it, that piques my interest a little bit. Pass. So um, it, it's, look, and it's also nice to see Johnny Depp in something other than, you know, fucking Disney something, Disney related. Pass. So. Pass on this. I, I, I'm, who, it's just a, it's a continual vicious circle of bullshit that they keep throwing out there. To how sell many more records? <laughs> how many fucking movies do we need to see of Tupac and Biggie? Yeah, uh, being murdered. We get it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you're right. I can't. I we, can't. We literally just fucking had one. Yeah, I on can't. TV in February, and I can't. I I can't even debate you on it, dude. Because I I agree. You know, it's. I just like I said. The only reason why I'm interested is because Depp and Forrester, Whitaker are in there. That's it. Otherwise, I mean, unless unless there's some big reveal that's going to happen in this fucking movie, which it's not. But if there was, then okay. But if there's not going to be, so yeah, ultimately you're probably right. Yeah, pass. So um, saw the Mowgli trailer, which is, um, it, dude, it's just it's just it's just a darker version of the Jungle Book, the live action Jungle Book from a, a year or two ago, mm-hmm. and it was it's it's directed by Andy Serkis, who also plays a character in it. I can't remember which one. All of them. And it's. <laughs> Yeah, he plays Mowgli. Um, but yeah, go ahead, play it if you want. 
Nah, I'm just okay. So, yeah, I mean, it, visually it looks pretty good, except for the um, the animals, the talking animals. Their eyeballs it look like they put human eyeballs in there, um, and so there's 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 way too much of a human look to them, and it, it's it's off putting. Yeah, I see it. Yeah, and so, um, but I mean. <laughs> it just this is another thing. I mean, this is perfect right here. Oh my god. I this wasn't even intentional. But there you go. We just had the fucking jungle book. Now they're doing Mowgli. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's like what are you, what are you doing? Do you need you know, this isn't even as bad as I mean, this is worse than say like if you try to compare, oh, well look at how they did Deep Impact and Armageddon in the same summer, right? Right. That those still are different to a point. You know, they're not exactly the same. This is fucking the same thing. This is from the same goddamn book. Yeah. You know? Just there's no singing in it, and then you know you have Shere Khan who's uh, already fucked up, and and yeah, it just uh, I I mean it looks well shot, it looks well done, but it, it feels completely unnecessary. Yeah, it's a waste. Yeah, so I, you know, I mean the only way I think that we'll ever see this is if there's nothing out that week. You know what I mean? I, otherwise, I, I don't I don't really have an intention to see it. Yeah, I'm not interested. You know, so. Um, God, I mean, fuck, maybe you should have waited at least five years or something, you know what I mean, before they did this, so, or maybe not at all. Yeah, but I mean, they could have they could have used their resources better. Oh, I know why they're doing this. It's because Warner Brothers is so pissed off about their DC um, division that they're like, fuck you, Disney. <laughs> you don't own Rudyard Kipling. <laughs> Possible. <laughs> Damn it. All right. Just as long as none of the characters uh, have fake mustaches. Um <laughs> All right. Uh, what else, dude? I um, James Marsden. Okay. Originally, it was it was rumored to be Paul Rudd, but James Marsden, who played Cyclops in the in the first three X Men movies, um, he is going to be playing a police officer in the live action Sonic the Hedgehog movie coming from Paramount Pictures. Mm-hmm. And so, Sonic the Hedgehog is there's going to be characters that are CG, of course, but. It's going to be set in the live-action world. And so he befriends Sonic to help him fight Dr. Robotnik. So uh, I, I just, I look, I, I, love, I love Sonic the Hedgehog. But well, before it did that over-expansion into all these too, too many characters. But no. It, no. It, this, this, just in, in thought, in, in um, you know, what do you call it? Uh, for, you know, not foresight, but you know what I mean. Pretty much. Hindsight. Uh, well, retrospect is looking back, so uh, respect. <laughs> Introspective. Introspect. So, yeah, it, looking at it, it's like, dude, this is going to go the way of Smurfs, live-action Smurfs, okay? It, it's not – there. it's going to be fucking stupid. It's going to be the, you know, part of He-Man, Masters of – This is Super of, Mario Brothers. Yeah this, is, yeah, this is Masters of the Universe, you know? It's it's not gonna work. It's going to fucking. Suck. It's probably. I I have like a ninety nine percent guarantee that this is going to suck. And I I don't want it to because I like Sonic the Hedgehog, but this is just a cash grab. Just a shitty cash grab. That's all it is. So, uh, movie's gonna be coming out uh, supposedly in uh, November of next year. So, and then uh, so I know. And then the last thing, and this one doesn't have a date put on it, but uh, it's been confirmed that Jamie Foxx is going to be playing Al Simmons, uh, a.k.a. Spawn, um, in uh, Todd McFarlane's uh, directorial uh, film for, uh, yeah, for the Hellspawn. Yeah, that, that news was just released today. Yeah. So, um, you know, I, I could totally see Jamie Foxx playing Al Simmons, so that's, that's good, you know, and uh, 
I'm a fan of Spawn. I like Spawn. You know, I, I got the whole animated series on uh, DVD. I've had it for a very long time since it was new, and and I, I've got the movie on DVD, you know, the, the one from 97, which, you know, it has its flaws. Of course it has its flaws, but there's still some fucking really good stuff in there. There's some cool shit in that fucking movie. I don't give a fuck what anybody says, you know, just overall. Meh. So anyway, anyway. Oh, someone uh, on the on the comment feed, they said, uh, have Jack Black play, play the violator, play play clown. What do you think? Mm. Why? Why not? <laughs> Name me one good reason why Jack Black should play the violator. Because you want to have someone who's who can be funny, but also can get a little dark. Of course, I never really see Jack Black get that dark, but it'd be good to try. Sadistically dark, but but funny at the same time. It could be interesting to see, but I mean, you could try other people. I mean, look, I, I still, in my opinion, I think that fucking Leguizamo killed it. Yeah. In 97. He fucking killed it. Um, so... But um, that's big shoes to fill. But if you watch the cartoon version, that was really well done as well. So I, I, I look, it was just someone's recommendation. I, I, you know what? I'd like to see him try. I'd like to see him fucking try it and see if he can, you know, kill it. But maybe I don't know. <laughs> you don't look like you, you're, you're down for that idea at all. I'm trying to think if it's a bad idea or a good idea. Yeah. I just can't. I don't know. Yeah. All right. All right. Well, he definitely could do the farts because, you know, he was, you know, the, the fatties. <laughs> Fart too. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, anyway. All right. Uh, I think, yeah, I, that's it. That's all I got for news, dude. I, I didn't really, I mean, we already, like I said, we already talked about Roseanne before on another show. So, um, and uh, yeah, I don't think there's anything else we're talking. So, look, okay. can we end this? Can yeah. we say goodbye? Yeah. Bye-bye.